people will be our point of discussion on the second edition of Exposing the Truth Podcast. Hi, I'm Brother Chris King, your host, and I want to thank those who have given me a positive feedback on my first edition. Then he opened he their understanding. Without further delay, let us get into the podcast. Here is Exposing the Truth, episode number two. Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Exposing the Truth podcast episode number two. And as I said in my introduction, we're going to begin to talk about covenant people. Um, Praise the Lord. Our scripture text uh, is going to be in Genesis chapter six and verse 18. And then we're going to be looking in Genesis chapter nine. So uh, let's go ahead and get started in Genesis 6 and 18. It goes to say here that, But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Now, Genesis chapter 9 and verse 1 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And verse 2 says, And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth. Now, just think with me for a moment. Could it be that every beast up until now was tame? Could it be that Shem, Ham, and Japheth would run outside after Mama Noah would fix breakfast and play with fetch with Dino the dinosaur? Could it be that they would take Saturday morning swims with all the alligators and crocodiles? Could it be, just, just imagine, and could it be that at night the lions and tigers would snuggle up at the foot of the bed as the Noah family slept? I could only wonder how the snake got along with Mama Noah on that ark. It's a good thing she even let one on the ark. Uh, in verse 2, it says, Upon every fowl, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, into your hands are they delivered. Now, I'm sure that the snake had found its way to slither off the ark before Mama Noah got this message from God. But boy, howdy, when Noah told her what God had said, I can just guarantee you, I could see her right now setting out to find that those two nasty snakes. However, somehow those Animals trusted Noah and his family to get on the ark. In Isaiah 65 and 25, it says, In the new Jerusalem, the sheep and the wolf will feed together, the lion will feed on straw like a bullock, and the snake will eat dust. Now, we all know snakes eat insects and anything that they can get their mouth on. Genesis 9 and 3 reads, Every moving thing that liveth shall be for meat. For you, even as the green herb, have I given you all things. But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat. And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast, will I require it. And at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother, will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood. By man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. The verse 7 reads like this, And you be ye fruitful, 
and multiply and bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. Now, Genesis 1, 28 through 30, God told Adam and Eve, and he gave them the same covenant. But the question is, who broke it? Of course, that would be Adam broke that covenant. And God spake unto Noah to his sons with him, saying, And I behold, I establish my covenant with you and your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. Now notice in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 through 30, and then Genesis 9 and 2, talks about the difference between the blood sacrifice and the fruit of Cain and Abel. Genesis 9 and 11, And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. What is a covenant? Genesis chapter 15 kind of explains it a little bit where I find Abram in a dire strait, in a situation that many men find themselves in as it is the desire of a man to have a son to carry on their name. He says, Lord, what will thou give me, seeing I go childless? Abram was dealing with a void in his life because someone else would carry on his legacy and not anyone who was from Abram's bowels. The Lord promised him that there would be a son born of him to carry on the legacy. God said, Abram, come see. Number the stars if you can. Well, we all know that's impossible, but God said so. This will be as your children will be. So Abram, as we would do, began questioning the Lord, how would I know this is true? So God said, take a heifer of three years old and a she-goat the same age, a ram, a turtle dove, and a pigeon of all three years old. Divide them, otherwise cut them in half except for the birds. While Abram fell into a dark, deep sleep, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between the divided pieces. That day, God made a covenant with Abram. The word covenant is the same as testament. So God made a testament with Abram that day. A covenant is an agreement between two parties. If two men wanted to make a covenant, they would slice animals in half and walk between them. Whichever man didn't hold up to their end of the deal would face the same fate of being cut in half. The, the Bible definition of covenant means simply cutting. I know we call the Old Testament and New Testament, call it the Old Testament and New Testament, but in actuality, it is the Old Covenant and a New Covenant. There are two types of people in the world, those that are covenant people and everybody else. Yes, God did create us all, and we are all God's children in creation, but only those that enter into the covenant and allow God to make a covenant with them, praise God, will be the people of promise.
During the times of sacrificing, rich people would sacrifice bulls and goats. The less fortunate could sacrifice lambs, but those who were poor would give pigeons and turtle doves. The message here is clear. Nobody has an excuse of why they cannot make a covenant with God. God makes it very simple and very easy to where we can afford a sacrifice to get into to become into a covenant with God. Now, those in Scripture who God made covenants with showed some form of allegiance. They definitely were not perfect, and many had skeletons in their closet, but always seemed to find an altar and fall back in line with that covenant. From the beginning of time, God dealt with his people by a covenant. In the old covenant, a man's sin was pushed forward one year. But in the new covenant, God planned a way to pardon our sins by giving himself as the sacrifice. Amen. God is the ram that's called in the thicket. Isaiah 59, 21. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of thy mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. Amen. When God makes a covenant, that covenant is sealed. But the thing is, we're the ones who break the covenant. Hebrews 10 and 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. And their uh and now there, this is where the remission of sin is, that there is no more offering for sin. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Hebrews 13 and 20. Now the God of peace that brought again the dead of our, the dead, our Lord, Jesus, the let me read that scripture just a minute. I got a little ahead of myself. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of an everlasting covenant. Amen. Hebrews uh, chapter 8 and verse 6 reads like this, But now hath he ordained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which is which was established upon better promises, and the temporal covenant with the fathers by the eternal covenant of the gospel. Verse 7, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Thank God for the second covenant. Amen. Verse 8, For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Amen. For this is the covenant. Verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hands. I will write them in their hearts, and I will put be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. 
Amen. Let me just tell you something right here. Let me just kind of expound a little bit. God's greatest desire is to be our God. And his greatest desire is for us to be his people. That comes by making a covenant. Just as a and the example that is made on a wedding day with a man and a woman uh, marry and they say I do's and they they do their vows. They what they're doing is they are making a covenant to one another. Now sometimes both or one or the other will break that covenant in their marriage. And there is a separation that takes place. When we begin to break that covenant with God, we begin to feel that separation. When we begin to walk away from the Lord, and God's going to hold to his covenant. But when we begin to walk away from God and we feel that distance, what's happening is we are, that is the dividing of the animals. There is a separation that is taking place and we are walking away from the covenant and the vows that we made to God. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews 8 and 13. In that he saith, the new covenant hath he made the first of old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. And then finishing up on the podcast here, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. I am going to say that I thank God every day for a covenant. I thank God that he has made a covenant with me. I thank God that on December the 18th, 1983, that I made a covenant with God. Amen. That I made a covenant with him. Yes, there have been times that I have broke that covenant. There are times in my life that I have felt so distanced from God. And I realized it wasn't that God moved. It wasn't that God broke the covenant. It was that I let flesh and worldliness get in. Because where God is, there's not going to be worldliness and sin. And, and I would allow, when I, when, I, when I was at a point in my life that I, I couldn't pray, I couldn't feel God, you know, there was a distance there that I had to come in and restore. I had to restore that covenant by repentance, by sacrifice. I had to be willing to restore that covenant with God. And I've always found out God was there waiting all the time. Amen. Thanks for listening to the ep- to episode number two of Exposing the Truth podcast. I pray that this month's podcast was inspiring and informative. Keep a watch on Spotify for more of Exposing the Truth.